The past is gone. The future is not here yet. But we have today to make a difference. This message is the second in the series, Past, Present, and Future. The message is entitled, Today's Opportunities. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. Grab your Bibles, if you will, and let's turn our attention to God's Word this evening. We're involved in a series of messages this June as we're celebrating our 30th anniversary together, our 30th birthday as a church, and the series title is Past, Present, and Future. Past, Present, and Future. Uh, I'm, I'm a big celebrator of birthdays. I love birthdays. I love birthdays because birthday, really, when you celebrate a birthday, what you're actually doing is celebrating a life. You're celebrating the fact that God gave a precious gift, the gift of life. And whether it be an individual that you're celebrating a birthday for, a family member, a friend, or something like a church family, we're celebrating our 30th birthday as a church. You're celebrating a, a breath of life that God has given. So birthdays are about life. And that's what we're celebrating in this month together, remembering that God has been faithful to us in our past as a congregation and has been faithful to you in your past just as a human being, as someone following him and getting to know him in your life, and that God is faithful in your present and that God will be faithful in your future. And many people don't realize that our God is the God of the past, the present, and the future. We sang about it a few moments ago. He's the God who was and is and is to come. Let's say it again. The God who was, the God who is and the God who is to come, was, past, is, present, is to come, future. And so God, by reason of the fact that he is not limited in time as you and I are, he envelops all of time, who was, who is, and who is to come. The writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, this is the theme verse for our series together, says it this way, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Last weekend, we talked about the importance of looking back, and I talked about getting into the rearview mirror of your life, and sometimes it's valuable just to look back for a bit and see what God has done, and a lot of lessons that we talked about last week. Today, we're going to talk about the present. What, does God, what is God saying to us about our present opportunities? The present is extremely important because God wants to help you make the most of today. And there's not a lot you can do about yesterday except to invite God to redeem and restore you in your yesterdays. But there's a whole lot that you can do about today. And with today, there's a, a representation of opportunity. Every day provides opportunity for your life. And every day is a wonderful present from God. And what I'm going to do this evening is I'm going to take you to a passage in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 15 through 20. I'm going to basically do a Bible study for you. So we're going to get into Bible study mode. How many Bible students do we have out there tonight? About three or four of you? Okay, I know you're getting your notes out. We've got a lot of Bible students. We're going to just do a, we're really going to focus in on Ephesians chapter 5 verses 15 through 20, because it's going to teach you everything you need to know and everything that we need to know as a church about how to take hold of our present opportunities. How many of you want to get the best out of your present? Amen? Do you? Okay. If you want to get the best out of your present, there's no, no better passage uh, to teach you about this than the one we're going to read. So let me read it to you from the New Living Translation, and then we'll, we'll dive into five things that we'll learn from it. So be careful how you live. That's every day. So 
You can't live yesterday, right? Because it's gone. You can't live tomorrow because it's not here yet. So when it says be careful how you live, it's talking about when? Today, okay? So be careful how you live today. Don't live like fools, but be like, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every, what's the word there? Opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. That's today, right now. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. As I was studying this passage recently and reflecting upon it for this particular series, I was noticing some important phrases that you find there. That phrase, be careful how you live, and that exhortation, don't live like fools. Don't be foolish in the way you live. Live wisely. Make the most of every opportunity. Don't act thoughtlessly. Understand what the Lord wants you to do or how the Lord wants you to live. All of these are very powerful verses about our now, how we live today. And so what we're going to do for the next few moments, I'm going to give you five ways to make sure that you live each day the right way. Okay, you ready for this? Five things that you can do to make sure that you live every day the right way. If you'll do these five things every, five things every day, your day will be lived the right way. doesn't mean that every day is going to feel perfect to you or that you're always going to feel great about every day. But I promise if you'll do these five things, your day will be lived in the center of the will of God. Are you ready for this? This can change your life. Number one, write it down. Avoid, the scripture teaches us to avoid anything that impairs your judgment, intoxicates your thinking, lowers your spiritual resistance, or weakens your resolve to live right. A lot of words there, but every one of them are important. Avoid, everybody say the word avoid. What does avoid mean? It means stay out of the way of don't come close to. If I say I'm going to avoid you, it means that if I see your, you coming, which way am I going to go? The other way. If I see you around the corner, I'm taking the other corner. And so avoid means do everything that you need to do to get out of the flow of, out of the connection with or interaction with anything, notice this, that impairs your judgment, intoxicates your thinking, lowers your spiritual resistance, or weakens your resolve to live right. You say, where do you get that from? Verse number 18 of Ephesians 5. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Now, I'm not going to talk about wine tonight. I'm not going to talk about alcoholic beverages. I'm not going to talk about substance this evening. But this verse obviously addresses that kind of drunkenness, that kind of intoxication, inebriation. But I want to draw out the principle that is broader than that. The principle that is broader, broader than just the substance you take into your bodies. This certainly is a warning for us in that regard. But to make the most of your every day, you've got to guard against anything. You know, some things can impair your judgment that has nothing to do with alcohol or drugs. 
it still messes up your judgment. Your judgment is your decision-making capacity. Some things can intoxicate your thinking. You can get around, as we'll talk about in a moment, the wrong kind of people. And before long, you've got pride going in you, on in you. And that pride can intoxicate you and cause you to make decisions that you would not normally make that are not good for you. There are things that you can lower your spiritual resistance or weaken your resolve to be to do what is righteous and to live the right way. And so if you're going to live every day the right way, you've got to avoid anything that's going to mess with your decision-making processes, with your capacity to make good judgments and good decisions, and especially anything that's going to lower your resistance to temptation. There are things in life that will lower your resistance to temptation, that will make you weaker when the adversary comes your way. And the quickest way to get yourself into trouble is to let your thinking and your emotions cause you to make bad, foolish decisions because of impaired judgment. And before Paul talked about anything else, when he said, make the most of your your opportunities, the first thing, the first instruction he gives us is don't be drunk with wine. Don't let things intoxicate you or impair the judgment, the decision-making processes of your life. Can I ask you, just honestly, how well do you guard those processes in your life each day? How well do you guard yourself against temptation? Do you put yourself in places that could compromise you? Do you put yourself in circumstances with things that you see or interactions that you have that could cause you trouble down the road or weaken you in terms of the decision making of your life? Guard against, avoid anything in your day that can cause you to fall prey to those things that would be detrimental to your day and to your future. The second thing that Paul addresses here If we're going to make the best of our day, every day is to fill up first. So I go into my day. What's my first decision? I'm going to avoid. I'm going to have my spiritual radar on all day long, right? It's checking out things. I'm discerning. I'm paying attention to anything that may come my way that might tempt me, that might cause me to be pulled the wrong direction, that might impair my decision making. So I go into my day on guard because if you're not on guard, I promise you, if you don't have your spiritual armor on, you're going to be in trouble. That's why the Bible talks about a spiritual armor. So the first thing I do when I start my day is to make sure I'm going into my day, living my day guarded, spiritually guarded. But the second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that I fill up before I start my day. And notice what the Scripture says. The Scripture says here in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, don't be drunk with wine, but but instead be filled with the, say it with me, the Holy Spirit. If you're going to go across a desert on a car journey and you're driving across a desert and there's no no, uh, gas stations uh, in, in your journey until you make it to decide, what would you do before you started your journey? You'd make sure you had a full tank, wouldn't you? Fill up. You'd probably have a few gas, extra gas cans with you in the back. As you're going into this trip and there's no promise of any resource available, you're, you're heading across a desert. Every day that you live your life, you're going into unknowns, aren't you? And your car better be full of gas. And that gasoline is the fullness of the Holy Spirit. You know, there are a lot of people that love E on their car. They're in love with it, okay? 
And they love to watch the needle go to E. And what they, some really love is they love to see how far I can go after E. That's what they really love, okay? It's not just the E that turns them on. It's the after the E. And some of them have it down to exactly when I know that I can still go when it hits E. I still have 20 more miles or 50 more miles or 15 more miles. Then exactly how far they can go when they hit E. I don't like hanging out and riding with people like that. It's just too close for comfort, all right? That's how a lot of Christians live. They head into their day and they see their spiritual tank going toward E and they say, let me see how far I can go on an empty tank. That's a dangerous way to live. And so if you want your day to go well, you need to fill up first. You're guarded and you fill up first. Now, the scripture teaches us exactly how to fill up. I want to tell you and teach you today how to live every day full of the Holy Spirit. Wouldn't it be wonderful if every day of your life you could live full of the Spirit of God? Amen? Okay. And it's not complex. So I'm going to take a moment and share with you how to be filled with the Spirit of God every day of your life. And what I'm going to share with you is exactly what I do every day of my life in some measure, in some form. The first thing you have to do is start each day with who? With God. If you want gas in your car, you have to go to the filling station, okay? You can't pull your car into the driveway and just hope that gas is going to show up. You actually have to go to the source where the gasoline is. The same is true with God. If you want, in your relationship with God, if you want to be filled with the Spirit, there is only one source, and that is God Himself. And so, as I start my day, my beginning of my day is not with all my activities, but I'm going to give some time every day, every morning, and I would... I encourage you to do that as well, where I start my day going to God. Proverbs 8, 34 and 35. Blessed are those who listen to me watching, what's the next word there? Daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway for those who find me, find life, and receive favor from the Lord. And so you start your day in the presence of God. It might be a, a five minutes or 15 minutes or for some it may be longer as you spend time with God each morning, but you go to God in the Word and in prayer. Number two, include time that is in that time with God for daily, regular cleanup. Let's just imagine this for a moment. This is the tank of your spirit, okay? And uh, you're starting your day out, and so you want to make sure you're going across a desert today. You don't know what your day is going to be. Nobody knows what your day. Anybody had a surprise day? <clears throat> you thought it was going to be one thing, and it turned out to be something else, right? So you go into your day. You need to have a full tank. Amen? Right? So I go to God because only God can fill up my tank. And so I start my day with God. I go to God and say, God, I want, I need, I need some, some, I need some Holy Spirit fullness in me. And, and, and the, the, the first thing that has to happen before I can be filled with the fullness of the Spirit, I have to make sure there's no garbage in the tank. Amen? Because if I'm full, if I filled up with garbage yesterday, anger and bitterness and lust and you just fill in the blanks here, whatever it is that you may have filled your life up with the day before or the night before, and you got all this stuff in your tank, you know, I'm not going to drink water. I'm not going to put water in a dirty cup. Amen? And so you have to go to God and say, God, before I'm asking you to fill me up, I need you to clean me up. With me? So before you fill me up, you have to clean me up. Look at the scriptures here. Let's go to Psalm 51, verse number 10. Would you read it with me? 
Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. That's a prayer or something like it that I pray every day of my life. God, would you show me what's in my tank? You know, sometimes you don't even know what's in your tank. And God will show you, you know what, that attitude you had yesterday or, you know, you're still hurting or you're mad about that thing you need to let go of. I can't fill you up with what I want you to experience until you let go of the things that are, that are blocking the tank of your life. And so I go to God. I let him clean my tank. Number three, the third thing you do, read it with me, is to ask God for a fill-up. That's all you do. So God, here I am. Lord, clean out my tank. There's some garbage in here now. I'm asking you for a fill-up. Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. Read it with me. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open for everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks the door will be open. I've learned something in my life, if you don't ask, you never receive. It's only in the asking that you're able to be prepared to receive. And the fourth thing is to expect them, expect then him, expect him to act. Let's go back to the, the, the filling station analogy for a moment. So you pull up your spiritual car to the filling station. You're going to God. God, you're the only one that can fill my tank. Second thing, God, clean out the stuff in me that needs to be cleaned out in my tank that's now maybe clogging up the flow of what you want to do in my life. And then, God, I'm asking you to fill me up and then to expect that God's going to answer that prayer. If you were to take, now I'm going to date myself a little bit here because some of you will not even realize that this existed at some point in time. But there were days back in the old days when you would pull your car up to a service station and you would roll down your window and someone would come and ask you, what would you like today? And they would, you would say to them, I would love my car to be filled with gas. And you would actually sit in your car while someone filled your car up for you. Anybody remember those days, okay? Days before self-service, okay? And not only would they fill your car up, but they would wash your windshields. They would check the pressure on your tires. They would check the oil. They would do all kind of stuff for you that went above and beyond what you asked for. I mean, that'll preach right there, okay? Right? I'm on preaching territory right here, okay? And what you have to realize is that when you go to God and say, God, I, 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 you're the only one that can give me a fullness of the Holy Spirit. Clean me up on the inside. Now I'm asking you to fill me up. What can you expect that God would do in response to that? Just like you would expect back in those days, the person to go around and actually fill your car up because that's what they, that's their service, that's what they do. In the same way, we have that kind of expectation from God. Notice Luke chapter 11, verse number 13. I love this verse. If you then, though you are evil, that is evil in relationship to how good God is, if you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven, read it with me, Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. Anybody want to say hallelujah right there? Not only does He give you the Holy Spirit, but He gives you even all kinds of things that go along. He, he checks your oil. He checks your tires. He washes your windshield. He does all that extra for you as you ask Him. So take the most of every, make the most of every day by filling up first. Number three, 
This is how to make the most of every day, how to make every day work the right way. Number three, continually adjust. Write the word down. Continually adjust your attitudes and your perspective heavenward. Continually adjust your attitudes and your, what's the other word there? Perspective. In what direction? Heavenward, okay? When you go through your day, let me show you what's going to happen every day of your life. You know this, but I'm going to put it in words for you. Every day of your life, you start out with God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. I'm out the door now. I'm starting to head to my job or whatever my responsibilities are. And you get to work or whatever you do that day, whatever comes your way, and everything around you begins to try to pull you down. Anybody with me here? You were up here when you left the house, okay? And by the time you get to work, everybody's doing what? I mean, it's like just like bags of weight, chains they want to pull and pull you down and pull your spirit. And all through the day, there's negative spiritual forces that are trying to weigh you down and pull you down. And primarily that happens in the way that you think. And so you have to make sure that throughout your day, you're always adjusting your thinking and your perspective in what direction? Heavenward, because if you don't, earth will pull you down to its level. You'll start behaving just like everybody else around you. You'll start thinking like everybody else around you because earth will pull you down. Stuff happens around you to weigh you down. That's why Paul gives us this instruction. He said, first of all, don't be drunk. Don't get intoxicated with things. Guard what you let into you that it would not intoxicate your judgment and then be filled with the Spirit. Then thirdly, he says in Ephesians 5, 19, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord where? In your hearts. Notice that phrase, making music where? In, in your hearts. And so if there's this downward pull, you've got to stay upward and to stay upward requires effort and it requires this continual adjustment. And Paul says the way that you keep an adjustment in the right direction through your day is maintain an attitude of worship. Say it with me. Maintain an attitude of worship. That as you go through your day, you keep, you keep pulling yourself up with an attitude of what? Worship. Okay. See, worship is not something you do on the weekends only. Worship is something you do every day of your life. Throughout your day, worship is something you can do, not just outwardly, but in your in your heart. Now, we worship in three primary ways. This, this would be worth writing down. Worship in the scriptures relate to three things. You worship with your words, okay? Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So you worship with your words, praising God. The way you speak, you either speak in worshipful ways of blessing God, worshiping God. So words. Number two, your ways, W-A-Y-S, how you live your life. That's a worship to God. You can have the nice words, but live like the devil. Are you worshiping? No, okay? You might have all the words right, but your, your life is not revealing it. So it's, it's not just talk the talk, but walk the walk, okay? And so your worship is about your words, your talk. It's about your walk, your ways. And it's also, get this, very important. A lot of people don't realize this, but it's also about your work. We don't like that one. But your work is a part of your worship. The Bible says that whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. Okay, Do it heartily. So whatever job you have, 
whatever responsibilities you have every day, God wants you to take that job and those responsibilities and turn it into worship unto Him. Let me show you why this is important. First of all, it's giving thanks to Him for what He gave you because the job you have, where did it come from? God gave it. So you're offering back to Him praise and thanksgiving for that. And then second of all, it ups your game to a whole other level. Because if you're working for God, what are you going to give in, 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 in relation? You're going to give your best, right? Okay. So if I'm working for God, I'm going to give God my best. And so that takes my life to another level. And so when I'm giving my best, it not only is blessing God, but also provides opportunity for blessing to me. I will tell you, one of the best ways to get a promotion on your job, anybody need a promotion? Don't raise your hand. But if you need a promotion, let me tell you, one of the best ways to get a promotion on your job, take your work worship to another level. Do it to God rather than to people, and it will raise your game and other people will notice, well, why, are you, why are you going that extra mile? Why, why are you doing it that way? Why are you putting so much into your work? Well, because I'm doing it not, not for man, but I'm doing it for, for God. My work is my worship. That's why I take my job so seriously. Because when I, when I work well, I am worshiping God well. And so there's this atmosphere of worship that we create. There's a statement on your notes that I want you to take note of. And in fact, why don't we read it together, if you, if you will, It says this, it starts with the phrase, to live. Let's read it. To live your present to its fullest, to make the most of every day, you need to live in an attitude of worship and maintain a perspective that all you do is for the glory of God. All you do is for whose glory? For the glory of Almighty God. Number four, the fourth thing that will help you to make the most of every day to live well in the present is to stay connected with the right people. Your life is significantly linked to your friends, your associates. And you need to pay attention to the people that are around you every day of your life. Listen closely because one day, are you hearing me? One day, one hour, one moment around the wrong person can ruin your life. Did you hear what I said? All it takes is a day spent with the wrong person, an hour spent with the wrong person, or sometimes even a moment spent with the wrong person, and that day will be marked as a very ugly day in your life because of decisions that are made by reason of their influence. The people you hang around with with influence you far more than you think. Look at what Paul said in Ephesians 5.19 again. Speaking to, what's the next phrase there? one another. Say it with me. Speaking to one another. So this whole dimension of worship happens in the context of relationships, people, having the right people around you. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing make music from your heart to the Lord. So it's talking about surrounding yourself with the right people. Because you'll have, the hard, you'll have a hard time keeping the right attitude, the right perspective. You have the wrong people in your life. Now, some of you might say, well, you know what? Mm. Pastor, you don't know where I work at. There are no right people in my workplace, okay? They just don't exist. Well, that's okay. You be the right person there, okay? You be the right person. But you've got to fill up, especially every day, and you've got to make the decision to be salt and light. And then you pray for God to send some allies into your world, okay? 
There's some of you that in your workplace, you might say, there are not any Christians around in my workplace right now. Well, why don't you start praying for some? Why don't you start praying for God to bring some into your work environment that you can begin to find some people to fellowship with? And and I will tell you something, the Lord will send people your way. If you'll ask Him, He'll bring people into your world, but you have to say, God, I need some allies in my environment. That ally may not be in the same office as you, but it might be someone that you connect with as a prayer partner that works somewhere else, but throughout the day, they're sending you a text, or you're sending them a text just to encourage them in the things of God. But somebody needs to be in your life. It might be your husband. It might be your wife. But there need to be people in your life that are helping hold you up and you're helping hold them up as they go through their day. You need other people. I need other people to make it strongly throughout our day. You need, don't ever take for granted the power of encouragement. Being encouraged and giving encouragement. So the Lord will send people your way. Let me tell you something else. The devil will send people your way too. You hear me? As surely as the Lord can send people your way, the devil can send people your way. And you need to recognize the difference between the two. Who's coming from God into my world and who might show up in the form of a... The Bible even says that that the, the devil can be transformed in an angel of light. So there's a discernment associated with how we live our lives. Let's go to the last point together. Everybody still with me so far? How to make the most of every day, how to live in the present. The fifth thing is to grow your gratitude every day. Grow your gratitude every day. I want you to be really honest right now with yourself because it doesn't do you any benefit to be less than honest as I ask you this question. Are you a positive person or are you a negative person? Truthfully, are you positive or are you negative? If someone were to, uh, that knows you well were to answer that question on your behalf, would they say, you know, so-and-so, they're, they're really positive, or you know what, they're, they're really kind of negative. And the difference between, one of the differences between a positive person and a negative person is grumbling versus gratitude. If most of what you do during your day is grumble and complain and criticize and condemn, and if that's the tone of the words that you speak, then that's coming from your heart. And there's a negativity, and the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And so whatever's coming out of your mouth is a reflection of what's really the characteristic of your heart. And so you have to stop and say, am I really, am I positive or am I negative? And I want you to know and be reminded today that God is a positive God. Okay? God is a positive God. He's attracted to faith. Okay? Faith is positive. Doesn't mean that God doesn't deal with the negative. He does. But God is a good God. He is a God that is attracted to positive. And so we have to make the decision if our day is going to be uh, in, in line with God's perspective, we have to adjust our thinking, our attitudes in a positive direction as well. Because here's part of what will happen. There's something called the law of attraction. Say that with me. It's a law of attraction. The law of attraction is whatever you are, that's what you attract. So it works, okay? If you're negative, what kind of people will you attract to you? Yeah. If you're always complaining and grumbling, what kind, what kind of folks are going to show up in your world? All the complainers, all the grumblers will find their way to you. But if you're positive, if you have a, a faith orientation in the way that you live your life, a positive orientation of the way you live, when the grumblers come along, what will they do? I don't want to be around that guy. He's way too positive for me, okay? 
And so it repels. And so there's a sense of where like connects with like. And so there's a law of attraction. And so if you're going to attract the right kind of people into your world, you have to be the right kind of person yourself. And that's very, very important. Look at Paul's words here as he wraps up in verse number 20. Let's follow the sequence here. We start by being on guard, right? Every day, what am I guarding against? Anything that intoxicates me and keeps me from making good judgments in my life. So I'm on guard, got my spiritual armor on. I, and now I'm going to be filled up first before I leave my house. God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Take all those steps that are necessary. As I go through my day, I'm going to guard myself against being pulled down and destroyed uh, by the environment around me. I'm going to keep my perspective heavenward. I'm going to watch out for the people that are in my world and begin to connect with people that will be encouragers to me. And I will be encouragers to them, and then throughout my day, I'm going to maintain a positive spirit of being grateful. I'm going to learn how to have an attitude of gratitude. Verse number 20, this is the last instruction he gave us here, and give thanks for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, now, by the way, if you want to make the most of your opportunities, you need to be a grateful person. Give thanks to God for everything. Let me just talk to you for a moment about grumbling on the opposite side, and then we'll wrap up with this gratitude thing, and we'll be done for the evening. Grumbling is a very dangerous thing. Do you all understand what grumbling is? Bad, negative, always frustrated about something, always discontent about something. I want to show you how serious grumbling is. Do you know that the children of Israel, get this, the children of Israel a whole generation of them were kept from the promised land because they were negative grumblers. Think about that for a moment. The one sin that they had, when, the, when Moses sent, I was just reading it again this week in my own personal devotional time, when Moses sent the 12 spies into the land of Canaan, he was going to take them into the land, he sends 12 spies in first to check it out, and they come back and bring a report back. You remember the story? Book of Numbers, chapter 13. So the spies come back, and 10 of them say, well, it was, it was it's a nice place, but, and one day I'm going to preach on the power of a but. Okay. okay. That's B-U-T, by the way. Okay. Because some of you have some really big butts in your life, okay? That keep you from a lot of stuff, okay? And they said, well, yeah, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful place, but this giant, there are giants there, and they're all around us, and boy, you know, we just can't really do this. And they started grumbling. They turned the whole congregation against, of Israel against Moses, and the only two that stayed in this situation with faith was jo Joshua and Caleb. But there in that one moment, that one moment, they missed the greatest opportunity of their life to enter the promised land. And I just wonder... I'm just wondering, I, I don't know, you have to answer this, this question for yourself. I'm just wondering, how many folks here may be missing some incredible opportunities, but the very thing that's keeping you from them right now is the negativity of your spirit. And as soon as you change from negative to positive, you'll be amazed at the promised land that will open up for you. But they could never enter the promised land because the promised land was a land of promises, okay, right? Correct? And you can't live in promises if you're negative. Negative people do, don't benefit from promises. Now look at the scriptures here as we're wrapping up. 1 Corinthians uh, this, verse number 10, chapter 10, verses 10 and 11. 
Why don't we read this together? And don't grumble. Read that again. And don't, and don't grumble as some of them did. And they were destroyed by the angel of death. These things happened to them as what? Examples for who? For you and me, okay? They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. And so when the children of Israel were destroyed by angels because of their grumbling, when the children of Israel, a whole generation, was kept out of the promised land because of grumbling, what, what was that all about? That was partially about them, but it was also an example for who else? For us, for you and me, it was a warning to say, don't live that way because you can miss your best opportunities in life. And so just to wrap up, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, okay? Yesterday, we looked at the rearview mirror last week. Today, it's about today. What, how do I live every day of my life so I can get the best out of every day? What am I going to do? Every day, I start with a guarded perspective. Amen? I'm going to guard myself to anything that can mess with my judgment, can impair my thinking, anything that can intoxicate me in any way and keep me from making good decisions. I'm going to guard against that. I'm going to fill up first before I leave the house. Who am I going to? I'm going to God. Clean out my cup, Lord. Fill me up with your presence. I expect you to fill me with the Spirit. And then I go out believing that God has filled me with His Holy Spirit. Then the third thing that I do when I get where I'm going to go during the day and do what I'm going to be doing, I realize there's a negative gravity pulling me down, but I'm going to keep working to keep my attitude where? Upward, heavenward. How do I do that? By keeping worship going, right? I'm worshiping God with my words. It might only be in my heart, but I'm singing songs of worship to Him. I'm talking to Him from my heart in worship. I'm making sure that my ways are consistent with His ways as much as possible because I now have the fullness of the Spirit to do it. And then I'm also working heartily as unto the Lord. My work now has become my worship to God, doing to his, unto His glory. And then I'm making sure that I've got the right people in my world. And I'm encouraging someone during the day and somebody's encouraging me and I've got the right people around me and I'm avoiding the wrong people and then I'm going to make sure that I adjust my attitude so that they're not negative but they're what? Positive. And I will tell you, if you will simply do those five things, every day can be the right day for you. Amen? Every day can be the right day for you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask you to seal this word in our heart. Help us to live it out every day by the power of your Holy Spirit. We trust you for it. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's message. I trust that you've heard something from God's word that will make a difference in your life now and forever. Maybe as you were listening to today's message, God began to speak to you about a personal relationship with Himself. You know, the most important thing we can ever establish in our life is a relationship with God, and we do that by opening our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, today is your day. It's your opportunity. I want to lead you in a prayer right now that you can pray that will forever change your life, that will allow your name to be written in the book of life for eternity. 
All you need to do is simply pray this prayer with me and mean it in your heart. If you'll mean this prayer, God will hear you. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So would you pray with me right now? Whisper these words to God or speak them out right where you are. Say, Jesus, just mention his name. Say, Jesus, I admit to you today that, that I am a sinner and I'm sorry, God, for everything I've done wrong. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are God's Son, the Savior, the Redeemer. I thank you that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again. I believe in you, Jesus. And then whisper this prayer. Say, Lord, today I invite you to come into my life, to forgive me of my sins, to give me a brand new start in you. I give my life to you today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer with me and I ask that now they would continue to grow in you and serve you faithfully from this day forward in Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer with me, friend, I want you to know that Jesus Christ heard you, that your name has been written in that wonderful book of life, and that now today you start a brand new life in Christ. And to do so, you need some help. You need to learn how to live your life for Jesus every day. We'd like to provide for you. In fact, we have available for you some resources that you can get from our website, church-redeemer.org, that will help you to get a good start in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So again, check out the website, church-redeemer.org. Find those resources that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to www.church-redeemer.org slash new beginnings. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.